Hey, it's Ben here. Uh, Dill's got a bit of an announcement. Yep. So basically in this uh, episode, we do talk about uh, content warning. Uh, we talk about some stuff that might be difficult for some people to listen to, specifically around the area of suicide. Uh, and uh, it's a pretty uh, uh, earnest chat about it. So uh, if that's something that you think might uh, be uh, difficult for you to listen to, uh, heads up. Here we go. Uh, you know, maybe skip this one. Yep. Cool. Uh, enjoy the show. She's nice and my cat. Just written it all. Hang out. She's a Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Fitbit Pod. My name is Ben Lomas, and uh, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. And sitting opposite me is a man who's also feeling pretty good, and his name is Dilruk Jaisinger. Hello, Benjamin. You gave a very 774 type intro there. Because like, as opposed to, uh, I've been doing a lot of 774. <laughs> Was <laughs> in listening? No, I've been on it at talking all things parenting, at talking all things coffee, talking all things. I've been doing a lot of. I've noticed. We've just been doing your festival shows. The uh, yeah, speaking my festival shows. Come, ladies and gentlemen, check out on my uh, webpage benlamas.com.au and you can come watch a show that's been cancelled. <laughs> No, I meant more like the shows you used to do about coffee. You did a show about yes, I did uh, a show bicycles. about bicycles. Did you do something about being Dutch? Uh, did a show about being Dutch. I did a show about. Was it called Dutch Courage? Dutch Courage. It was very good. Very good, Derek Jersey. Oh yeah. For, for, <laughs> I mean, for the the since I've known you in doing this podcast, whenever I've left the puns to you, it's uh, it's been uh, it's been a point of discussion for us. Uh, but it's nice to know that when it comes to your festival shows, you put some thought into it. Well, I should come clean. I have rarely <laughs> ever ever come up with a decent title. All the titles came from my good friend, uh, Scotty Steensman, <laughs> who used to uh, be my producer. Oh, really? And he was the... Vicious Cycle? Yeah, uh, the Vicious what Cycle. About the one about bicycle? Uh, again, all Scotty Steensman. I can take little to no credit. Caffeinator. Uh, he came up with that when we were both in New York. I'm not... Why am I, why am I not surprised? <laughs> yeah, he if ca- it was, You know what? If it was left to you... Uh, to come up with a title about a show about coffee, it would have been called Coffee Time. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's that's how quick. That's the way your brain works. Okay. You go topic, another word that adds to it. Well, Claire it- Hooper did half a marathon. What should the episode be called? <laughs> Marathon Hooper. Okay, great. But but I like this because I, <laughs> I I totally agree. I'm definitely not a pun guy. And I was speaking to a sure. friend of mine where it's like, because the only person I, I, I remember like thinking is like, a, you know, is it is uh, Tim Vine? He's really, he's a real pun guy, isn't he? Like that one line. He's like almost exclusively like, it's, it's quite incredible because uh, to be able to have a career that's built on doing puns is I think quite remarkable because... Yeah. Because people frown at them and people like are so down on them for whatever reason. And I've never fully figured out why, they, especially in comedy, people look down on them and they're considered lame or dad jokes or whatever. And I'm like, fuck, man, I love it. I yeah, but you pull out a pun joke at a bowls club fundraiser, you're killing it. <laughs> yeah, true, true, true. And I reckon I have, I mean, I do pun titles where my shows uh like immigrateful and um what else out of the deal and things like that but but i um uh, kind of a big deal that was a fun one yeah. uh and uh but yeah but in my show as well i usually have one or two puns yeah. in there to acknowledge you know? acknowledge but, the puns but no but yeah i just i love it i i, we, I wish i had the balls to do an hour of just puns and call it like pandemonium or <laughs> something <laughs> <laughs> the pundit 
oh shit yeah no, I'll was, just do was, it one, like, there, there was one year that Tim Vine when he was in the Melbourne International Comedy Festival and I was doing I was doing my show Dutch Courage and I was out the front of the town hall wearing a giant clog <laughs> handing out flyers uh, and I remember Tim Vine came up and he just went um, he just he just started he didn't say hello he didn't introduce himself he just went oh hello does the shoe fit and then pun after pun after pun after pun and he just kept going and he just kept going like one's about clogs uh, one's about feet and then I just had to stop him like hey Tim uh, I have to fly her <laughs> and just had to stop yeah. him my way through yeah. and then he continued but it was just like he knew. So many puns. He started flapping his wings going, uh, uh, look, I'm a fly, uh, uh, uh. Yeah, like it's just really, it's, yeah, I, I was fascinated, fascinated by his brain must be working overload the whole time. But yeah, but. Um, and speaking of brain working uh, overload and working underload, tell us about your brain. Well, How'd you like that this is the thing. I, for over the years of doing this podcast and maybe, maybe towards the end of, of the year, I I talk about parenting a lot. I talk about, you know, as a parent, have a shot, everyone. Um, yeah, yeah. Is this a confession where it turns out you never had a kid? Well, figment of imagination. So I spoke to Minka on the phone the other day when I called yes, you. you did. We had a chat. You did. And so, were you, is that you just changing your voice? Changing my Going, voice. Hello, yeah, because there's one thing I'm really good at it, puns and impressions. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Can you do the rest of the podcast as Minka? Uh, hi, Minka. Hello. Uh, hi, Daddy. Um, I've got a question. Daddy? Uh, you calling me Daddy? No, Minka, I'm not your Daddy. <laughs> Look, this is the confession right. I want to make. And the confession is, for years I've been talking about full-time parenting and I've been talking about being the primary carer and I've talked about it. I've talked about how hard it is. But this is the thing. I feel like back then, I didn't know what I was talking about because I mm. genuinely now can comprehend what it is like for the last two months to be a full-time primary carer. And if for any mums out there, and I'm sure there's some dads out there who listen to our podcast and who have, have messaged us and messaged us privately, uh, but I apologise because I thought I knew what it was what it was like to look after your children, to be the main carer, the main uh, go-to person, I didn't. I genuinely didn't understand. It's not like I don't look after my kids, but when it's all up to you, it is one of the hardest things I've experienced. One of the most joyful experiences and rewarding things, but I didn't understand not only the physical load, but the mental load of running a house and looking after not only them but your fellow partner and that it all comes to you. I thought I knew that what that was. Chuck in homeschooling, which is a whole fucking head fucking itself. But the last eight weeks, I have such a new appreciation of primary carers because I genuinely thought I knew what it was. But when you have to literally do everything and it's not saying my partner isn't doing anything but she's got a very stressful job and she's investing in her career which i absolutely love and it's my time to shine because i've got more spare time on it but i just did not understand the level that it takes and and it's mm. it's amazing because and it's probably now because for when this is coming out for a lot of people in victoria schools will be opening up again on the 26th of may 
And that date for so many people, (laughs) so many parents out there, is pretty much as good as New Year's Eve. Because then finally... Even better. Even better, because then finally you get to have a break. Because I've even mentioned on the podcast before, I get a maximum of about 50 minutes a day to myself. And that includes waking up before the kids get up and a run at night. That's it. That is... That is absolutely it. Like, I was trying to explain to a person uh, who doesn't have kids, and I was like, I've loved it, but I wake up, I do my yoga, I do my stretching. Then I wake up, then I make breakfast and lunch for everyone. Then the day is planned out. And by the time I get to the run, which is at quarter to five, or today at five, by the time I come back, then you do dinner, and then you put everything to bed, and then you go down, you sit in the hallway, they eventually fall asleep, and you're like looking at – that's when I look at my phone, usually – in the evening, or as you notice, I text you sometimes at like seven o'clock in the morning where I'm just like, that's it. And then it comes to an end. And what do I do when everything's finished? Have a guess, Dil. You plan the next day. I edit this podcast. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it has just been amazing to really, I really appreciate. I think that's the one thing I think I really, really appreciate now fully what it is like to be the primary carer because I thought I did know and and I maybe had an understanding but now that I finally lived through it I just yeah I just I just I, it's just so much more it's like not only are you the CEO of your family you're also the CFO which is like you're in charge of the finances it's not just the washing mm. it's the mental thing and look as as one person explained to me yeah you're not you're in isolation. That's even easier. That doesn't even include all the classes, all the drop-offs. Like that. Like you've even, in in theory, it's even less of a head fuck for you because you're in isolation. Mm-hmm. So the May the twenty sixth now for me is such a focal point because I'm now generally worried about that date because you might drop them off and never pick them up. <laughs> Is that why you're worried? (laughs) No, just to get all deep now. But for the last two months and the way things are, is I've got a clear purpose. Like I have felt Uh more more of a direction uh, because I felt really lost. Once comedy was taken away from me and we couldn't gig, I I felt really shaken. And then I kind of threw myself into the parenting and I didn't have much choice. Like as I was explaining to my parents, yeah. It was a two-day turnaround for me. Like my partner got it. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, I lost all my work, and my partner got a promotion, and bang, off we went. There was no, there was no, not there was a grieving period, but there was no real sense of, oh, well, what, 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 what am I now? My identity switched from, hey, I'm a comedian who's a well, dad to straight full-time parenting primary carer. So it didn't sound like you had, you were given the chance. To no. Be- be uh, the 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 chance to uh, grieve, yeah, because you went from one to the other quickly, so that any kind of you know any and there's a really interesting article that came out I think from Harvard about treating the uh, the pandemic as a grieving and going through those steps of grief, which is like denial, um, you know, bargaining, anger, acceptance, yeah, sadness and acceptance, and, and how it doesn't have to even come in that order necessarily. It can bounce around and it can it's not a fluid thing. You can go back and forth. But the, if you start looking at it like that, so it sounds like you went from, you know, this comedy plans that you had to full-time parenting so quickly that you're probably stuck in the denial phase. Yeah. Like, oh, that's, yeah, that's happened. And we just we pop, punch on, you know? And so, and so now it's like the idea that the 26th, like, 
my my um so but you, you keep saying 26 so let's make sure we put this on record so we're recording on the 13th of yeah. may so less than is, two weeks uh, yeah so there's the two weeks uh in, in victoria uh, uh the kids fire and there's been a real sense of contention about that it's it's been huge there are a lot of our listeners who are like man the schools should have gone down months ago you look at other countries like the netherlands and the germany like there's so much contention about it because for so many parents saying that it should come back it should come back should early st- some say they shouldn't oh. the opinion with everything yeah. with this everyone has an opinion everyone has a plan I know. But you don't know which one fucking works but that, that's that and and i've been talking i've been talking to people who are on the front line in terms of the medical side of things as well as uh my friends who work in government policy and stuff around it as well and the only thing i'll report back is that even they will agree that both options have pros and cons yeah and it's hard to make a decision either way so if you are someone that thinks yes in this example of schools or whatever that schools should remain shut you probably have justifiable reasons for for having that opinion but try your best not to get angry with those who think that they should be open because they too have justifiable reasons why so it's like there's no it's such a f- the enemy is not each other. That's all, yeah. all I can think of is that try to remember that w- the enemy is the pandemic and not your fellow, you know, human being because we're all trying to figure this out. Yeah, and I, and I think that's the whole issue. Like, if you were to ask the, the parents in my daughter's class, I would, you know, I, you know, because we took our kids out of school a little bit earlier, we took uh, Tao out out of childcare. You know, that was two months ago. Look at us now. There's free childcare, which is just insane and unheard of. Like for so many parents, yeah. that was the biggest. That is so much money. And to put it into perspective here, like if you would have two kids in childcare full time, that's like nearly twenty five grand a year. Like that is mm. huge money. And so the yeah, idea it's pretty. Uh- Pretty. We should clap it out for the Aussie government for introducing stuff like that. I yes and no. It's Again, it's a, two sides. Why no? No, because uh, why, the talk right. is you know one. I want to give a little clap. What? <laughs> but one side would say because you should have done it so long ago, right? You know. Who cares? They did it anyway. Deal, deal, Labor, Liberal. It's you know. There's two sides to every coin. Like, trust me. I know exactly my point. My point <laughs> is, but that's why I'm saying. Don't you think that in this situation, Labor, Liberal, we need to kind of fucking come together oh, for it, this? It's because. Totally. It sucks to be opposition. It sucks to be opposition because you ain't getting what do you mean? any media time. You aren't not getting. You can't hold the. You can't. You can't fight the government. You can't hold it accountable. You have to support them and be part bipartisan. Man, the Labor Party. Good. There was too much fucking like you know yelling. Totally. Let's not get all political. But I I agree. I agree. Hundred percent. I was watching. Yeah, yeah. I was watching uh, Iron Lady with uh, Ma- the Margaret Thatcher film. And you know, fuck some pretty fucking brutal policies. But yeah. There was a particular, there was a particular situation. I think it was the Falkland Islands or whatever, yeah. where you know, after it was won, she's like, "Hey, look, we can argue about all of this another time, but for today, let's just fucking celebrate that you know, England is now you know we sorted that shit out. Let's just celebrate and let's argue to from tomorrow onwards." And I think. In a weird way, I'm like, this fucking pandemic sucks. It's awful. Yes. 
Everyone's trying to figure it out. There's one way, there's, there's multiple ways, and we still don't know what the results of these are. Man, I'm fucking, like, flipping out thinking about the impact, like, it has on my bloody little niece, Isha, who, you know, as my brother pointed out, uh, that, you know, she only just knows the world that is him and his, his wife and their uh, living uh, in Nanny. Just the three adults. And that's all she thinks the world is. Well, cl- like, well classic example. What kind of social... Class- but also what's happening to her immune system. Like, yes. you know, she's, she's stayed indoors. But like- also the mental capacity of physical touch. Because the classic example is I held a friend's child, right, today. Now, she has not mm. been held by a stranger this whole time throughout lockdown, right? The whole time. So it's mm. been like, I think for them nearly t- like maybe eight weeks, right? Six month old. I hold her and she bursts into tears. And then my friend, Susan, just goes, well, it makes complete sense. She goes, she hasn't been held by a stranger for, for, yeah. for so long that she doesn't even understand. So the idea that the issue is there's all these new newborns that haven't been held by their grandparents who haven't been held by, like, yeah. And, but then the positive side to that is it just shows how law-abiding this country has been, how so many people who yeah. I wouldn't think have got on board to squash this thing, to really push it down, yeah. take stock of yeah. what's real, what's important. Clap it out. Yeah, Celebrate clap your it. wins. We had an episode called Celebrate Your Wins, right? That is a but big win. I think it's important to remember, remember the reason we've done, the reason we have res- been able to take off some of these restrictions is because we did all those right things. So please don't, yes. you know, be too fast and loose with Please the new don't. rules now. <laughs> like, because, don't. because yeah, so going back to my friends who are on the front line, yes, yeah, sadly, they they also, as much as they reckon, you know, things are good now, that, that by some, it's going to increase because of the less restrictions, but it might be in a manageable level. Yeah. Uh, but as long as people keep their vigilance up, yeah. you know. And Please, like so, so, so it's like yeah, because you, because it's a balance. Because again, as as one of them was saying, is that yes, there's the corona issue, but the mental health impact the the that it's had on people, the the horrific stats about domestic violence increase, the number of divorces, like yeah. that's all off the. I back mean, some of, of them were needed to keep people. <laughs> Oh, for sure. Well, some, it's a wrong sentence to say some of them were needed no, I after know. the series of well, things I just said. I'm just mental health. There's, there's someone I know who they've, they've done. Uh, you it. mean divorces? Can you please just specify you're talking about divorces? No, I'm talking about divorces, but there's just there's not one, the other things that I put in that one, same fucking sentence. One with. friend of mine in interstate, and you know who you are. And congratulations, you finally pulled the pin. So, so, and and and, right. and it's the best for them. But this is the thing: the mental load, and everyone's been dealing with it differently. And it's also how you deal with it is depending on your current situation. Like, you know, everyone's different and you have to then reflect to that. The issue I have with the 26th of May, as much as I'm looking forward to the break, I'm also to some degree not looking forward to it because I love having them, even though how hard it is. The days are filled up. The days fly past. I've had more fun and more time with my children than, I, than I've had probably in the last couple of years because I haven't been working. Mm. And this is where it comes to the brain power. My biggest problems is trying to do it all in one day. But this is how hard I think. I look at their lunchbox before we go to an adventure to a lake and then work out whether the lunchbox is colourful enough for them and whether they'll eat all their lunch in not one but two sittings. Now, that doesn't require the most amount of brain power, but when you're focusing on kids 
and you kind of turn into a big kid yourself. By the end of the day, you know, you cook dinner, you sit around with the family, you giggle, you laugh, you put them to the bath. Occasionally I jump in. I like to joke around a bit. Then you pull them out, dry their hair, put them to bed, watch a little bit of Netflix. Then I'm done. And this is what I absolutely love, that come the 26th, I'll feel like I'll need to get my work brain on. But for the time being, I've really enjoyed thinking simply, thinking yeah. really. Yeah, going back to bare, bare yeah, bare yeah. Ba- like bare Not having ba- to make like, make like it's my micro issues as opposed to the macro issues. Yeah. Like where's your, what's the, what's the plan, long-term career yeah. plan, and, things like that. Yeah. And I think I've really enjoyed that. So there's the apprehension of, oh, you know, of course I'm still going to pick them up. I'm going to drop them off. I'm still the, the main primary carer, but they'll have care as well. But I'll have those five hours in between on three days a week which will be amazing, but it's like, oh, well, then I'm going to start switching on my work brain again. And to be honest, I'm not ready. Yeah, yeah, that's fair too. First of all, I wanted to say that, you know, good on you for acknowledging uh, that you had, um, you know, erroneously thought that you knew what primary care was and how that you now have a new perspective. And I think that that's a really important uh Thing that you have put on record and i think a lot of people will appreciate hearing you say that i think because that's one of the things we've always established on this podcast is that we're figuring it out as we're going no matter what it is we're talking totally. about it's weight loss mental health meditation veganism parenting you know what i mean like <laughs> it's just like whatever it is we're still we're just we're just having a crack we're seeing where and then recalibrating as we're going who knows how you know we're constantly like accepting that where all of us are continuous work in progress is i think one of the best things we can start to acknowledge that none of us have nailed it like yeah you know i i i i like thinking that you know we are in a continuously improvement continuous improvement kaizen i believe is what the japanese call it the and yeah, totally. And I feel like, and like, this is the like today, this happened today. So, like, I do shopping for my whole family once a week to avoid, you know, contagion, but I also do shopping for my parents. So, I do two shops, I go to Aldi, do it all, and then I do a pickup at Coles. Now, a while ago, I, I hadn't done the pickup, Coles, and then uh, Maya had ordered it, and then she wrote down, Are there any comments? And I said, Oh, can you put in the comments? The man picking up the, uh, the shopping will be wearing a trucker's hat. So you know who he is, right? And I thought that was that was silly, stupid, funny. Because who puts that in? Com- what do you mean comments? I don't. I don't so understand. they sort of, sort of like you have comments about regards to pick up when you pick up shopping. When you sort of order it online, you can do pickups at supermarkets. Oh. They have drive throughs. So you order online and then they have it ready for you. Yeah, and then you pick it up. So there's sort of a drive uh-huh, uh-huh. sections at Woolies. And mine's like so it minimizes the minimizes the having to. Yeah, oh, they did know, it beforehand. They've done it beforehand, and so but now it's just been oh, used okay. a lot more. And so I, yeah. I thought it'd be funny. Like I was like, you know, like just, like, you know, like not many people use those comments and it's not like you need to describe the person what they look like who's picking up the shopping, right? I thought yeah. it'd be funny. And I was like, I'm not going to put that in there. You know, the guy who's picking up the, com- <laughs> the picking up loves to riff. Yeah. So be careful. Yeah. If he- and so I just was like, the guy who's picking it up uh, will be wearing a, a visible trucker's hat, right? And I was like, okay, I'll put it in there. You're an idiot. And I was like, whatever, right? Do you have a trucker's hat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just went, you know, oh. so anyway, so uh, I picked it up, right? And then the next week, like, so today I picked it up for the second time. And this woman comes out and goes, uh, I was like, there's your shopping. And then I was like, I go pick up. And then she goes, really nervously, like not even looking at me, just goes, good to see you. You're wearing your trucker's hat. 
And I just start laughing. I just start laughing, right? And then she starts. Wait, what did she say? Good to see. You. Good to see. Good to see that you're wearing your trucker's hat, right? Right. Right. And right, so okay, I start. Yeah. La- you dropped out at the moment. Yeah. And so I start laughing. I start laughing, and then she starts laughing, and then a colleague comes out, and I was like, "She goes, we have been talking about this all week throughout the store, whether this is real or not. We didn't know whether this was a joke." Or it wasn't a joke. And so we were just like, who's going to be the person who's going to find out whether A, this guy's a freak, or B, it's a genuine joke. And so it was really... So it turns out it was both. It was both, exactly. I was like, a little part of me was annoyed because I just was laughing. I was like, I've actually read it. But then another part of me was like, oh, if I was just one step ahead, I was like, yeah, yeah, I am wearing my truck. Is that... <laughs> like, just go full yeah, weirdo. Yeah, yeah. Just go, go for weirdo. But she What's said, but what she said, she goes, this trucker's hat was handed down <laughs> from my dad. It was a trucker. But, but then what she said was really lovely. And it made me have this sort of that thirst of like, I look forward to, to comedy again because she goes, it made, it made our week. We've all been talking about it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, it seems silly, but it gave the staff a bit of a laugh. I was like, oh yeah, there's that thing where I know. there's a period where oh. we will be back. We will be both on stage. We'll be having, we'll be riffing, we'll be having fun. But it was just nice for me to feel that again, rather because I just don't have time to feel that. I, 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 you know, like you were, you were lucky enough to do um, some stuff for Stan, which I was like, oh, that would have been great to have that little project and doing comedy on the podcast. That, that, and that moment is the only thing I have. But live stage stuff, interacting yeah. with the audience, it just, it, yeah, it, I've missed it. I think we've been. Yeah, I, I and no, I know what you mean, and 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 I I I feel like it's something that gives me a little extra motivation as well to keep things like this podcast going because the feedback we are getting is quite lovely, and even around um, the Amazon special in particular, the fact that it came during isolation, I think a lot of people did message me to highlight that it was such a nice you know thing to have. Uh, you know, because they're missing, a lot of people are missing live yeah. Australian comedy. Do you know what I mean? Or like, you know, com- like the comedy rooms around town yeah. in Melbourne in particular, where we both work in. So people who have sort of felt that they've missed out on that said that it was really nice to kind of feel like we're almost doing a version of it, you know? Yeah. Um, we'll, so that's we'll be really back. cool we'll be back. that we have that. We're, we'll be back. But it's nice that in the meantime, I want to say is that, you know, I, I, I do my daily gratitude list and I think... One of those things in the last couple of weeks has been about having this podcast, that ability to still, you know, a we you and I get a lot of benefit from the podcast in itself, um, which is why we love doing it. But also on top of that, it's nice to know that people are genuinely appreciative of having this, you know, hour or so that they spend with us as a little um you know, motivation. Someone messaged me to say uh, that uh, they broke their personal best time for 10 kilometers. Oh, sorry. Yeah, 10K run uh, while listening to our podcast. Yes, clap which it is out. such a cool moment. Clap it out. Clap it out. Clap it uh, out. Yeah, so that's the... So those little things have really motivate us to keep going, and it's it's just nice to know. And also, um, but yeah, man. I, and also, just a big, and a big thank you, like uh, you know, and, and for the people who also on pa- Patreon who, who've donated. Like we love the comments, but also like just a special shout out for the people who've donated, uh, who enjoy the bonus content. But also, you know, like you know, in times in the current times that we're in, the fact that you still still want to donate, we just it's a big thank you to those guys as well. 
Absolutely, it's incredible. Uh, just a quick uh, note on Patreon, I guess, well, since we got here organically, is that, uh, yeah, we have a Marie Kondo episode that went out to our Patreon listeners. Uh, in that, not that we interviewed Marie Kondo, me and Ben uh, talked about our experiences with it because I had just recently done it. Uh, but shall we sizzle the one that's coming up? Yes, uh, and well, it will already be out. So by the time these people listen oh, okay. to this, uh, the... Okay, so Patreon listeners on which level? $5 and above? $5 above, uh, you would have heard this sweet intro. So they would have enjoyed that. Oh, nice. Right. Lovely, lovely, lovely. So that was a really fun thing to do with our good pal. Uh, all right. So going, uh, I'm glad to see that you've got this, you know, again, isolation and, and lockdown has sucked. But I think a lot of people have, uh, in spite of it sucking, have found some special benefits. Uh, oh, yeah. from the, like the forced, the forced. What? Yeah, you know, 100%. Like there's some people yeah, who yeah, are yeah. like that, that. That idea that you get to spend this much time with your children is something that you probably wouldn't have been able to do if your career uh, was, you know, if we still had live comedy and your, your, you know, all the warm up work you were doing. So yes, it's horrendous that you lost all that work, but it does it did mean that we you had this moment with your kids, and I think that's a that's a really wonderful perspective to have because it's not saying that, you know. Uh, that that you, we all wish that it didn't happen and people have died. You know, way worse than just yeah. losing comedy. There have been so many deaths. So obviously this sucks. But now that it has happened, let's just fucking, you know, try and make, see what we can make out of it. And uh, and whatever that takes, whatever shape or form it takes, I think is, is important because for some people it's about finding time to, you know, fucking be productive, write a book, get fit, whatever it is they want to do. But for some other people, it's just about being able to, I, I don't have a better word for it, but I've been the only word I have at the moment, which sounds a bit odd, is like it's just been like really good for my soul. Like I've been having some really good soul moments where I'm sitting on a couch and asking myself heavy questions like, fuck, was this, you know, all of this sacrifices I've made to get to this point where I'm alone in an apartment by myself? Yeah. Was it worth it? Like, was it, was all the decisions that have led up to this moment, being away from mom and dad, away from Sri Lanka, away from, you know, my brother and his family, uh, away from friends right now, like all of that, was it all worth it? And, you know, I'm quite lucky that, yes, I'm glad I made those decisions because it's made me a better person overall. Yes, being alone sucks, but I wouldn't have it any other way. So if nothing else, it's given me that reinforcement to know that, you know, to almost, and not in an arrogant way, but say, yeah, fuck, I've, I have a fucking great life. Yeah. <laughs> and the reason, the reason it, isolation sucks is because that life was so good. So, you know, yeah. so it's a nice feeling to know that it's, it's, it's just doing an audit, doing a little check, like any, any business you will constantly at the end of the year, you do your AGM and you have a quick look back at how things were and you look forward as to are we on the right track do we need to shift direction what are we doing you do a little self-assessment which the way you and i work i don't think we ever stop to t do that audit. Uh, we just go after the next thing that's immediately in front of us exactly ever stopping to check or there's a classic line from a book called uh, uh seven habits of highly effective people that has really resonated with me since the mid-2000s which is um um, there's no point climbing up a, a ladder that's leaning against the wrong wall. So for me, that's something I constantly think about. This thing, this rat race, the, I think Tom Ballard and I were talking about this hamster wheel concept of just being on the hamster wheel where we're constantly running, running, chasing the next gig, next corporate, whatever it is. Just keep going because we love what we do. That's the thing. The, and so but also you're hustling. Stop and take a you're chance. hustling. Like you yeah. But I, 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 I love I love it so much. Why would I ever question whether I'm doing the right thing or not? Like it's like 
if, if, if people i always use the example of video games to try and explain my love of comedy like if you were able to make money of playing video games or board games, what could people consider fun pastimes, you would never stop to ask, am I doing the right thing? Because the money keeps coming in, you keep getting better at it, and then there's more money coming in. So you're like, well, I must be doing the right thing. But, you know, this is something that Will Anderson talked about after 20 plus years in his career that he had to go fuck what am i doing i need to take some time off i need six months off or whatever and he didn't do a single gig for six months and it wasn't even a hard decision for him because he was so out of love of that uh of that uh, process that for him to stop wasn't even a tough decision because he as he said on our podcast i think episode 100 if people want to if miss if people miss that which i doubt yeah but you know what i mean it's it's such a it's a, these are big important questions that people don't stop to ask themselves and not just in our life but in any life i think that's probably why we're, we're seeing divorces and stuff like that because there were probably couples that were just in it because they were like oh well this you know i don't have time to think about and ask these questions these tough decisions about am i with the right person that i'm meant to spend the rest of my life with and when and all of a sudden and when you're these these soul times have kicked in and you have to ask that question and that's the thing my decision process has now fundamentally changed in the last two months Mm. because i when i make a decision i'm not just looking after myself i'm looking after three other people exclude the parents for the time being even though i feel like i'm looking after them it's three people and i feel like especially in the last couple of years that the decision i've made has been work and then i work out how the family fits in later and that's because you know you're wanting to save up for a house but now the decision making process has fundamentally changed in my head because family i'm not saying it 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 definitely always in my mind has always come first but logistically i haven't put that into practice so now it's like you know even in the hustle or in the approach the way i'm going to do it is going to be drastically different to before covid and that's been a real and that's maybe because of what I've experienced in the last two months, but it's just amazing how much I want to ensure that my family is there. And it's a, it's always been a fine balance, but I've always swung it too hard. And because, you know, career's going well, you're hunting for work, you're making really good money, you want to keep that wave going, especially in our world. It's, you know, momentum's everything, contract work's everything. Yeah. You don't know when the work's going to dry up. But now I've just written... Well, not only if your work's going to dry up, but we in an industry, if you say no, you have a fear that there's enough people. If you say no enough of times that, you know, people are going to stop asking. And fuck, man, we had Glenn Robbins, who is a legend of the comedy yeah. world in TV as well as live, who said he felt that fear, you know, when he, at the peak of his career, when he was doing panel and Kath and Kim and I think maybe Russell Coit. And he sort of took some time off and, you know, the phone wasn't ringing. You know, he's, he's it. so beloved. He's and it. He, he's, un- and he's, he f- <laughs> he's Uncle Arthur. Yeah, but he felt it. Like he felt that people stopped asking him. You know what I mean? So it's a really fickle business. So if you have this pressure to think that you have to say yes to everything and you don't, and you just keep moving forward without ever stopping to go, are we on the right track here? Are we on the right road? Do we need to take a, you know, do we need to veer off into this motel and spend, you know, have a sleep before we get back on the road and keep driving towards whatever this destination we want? And for me, it's the opposite though. For me, it's like, if, if weirdly it's given me more assurance that I was doing the right things for, that was good for me and I can't wait to do more of it. Like, uh, someone asked me about what changes are you going to make once we come out if we snap out and I'd be like 
you know, maybe I might cook up a little bit more, <laughs> but no, but, but also and maybe, and maybe, maybe uh, the big one is I think I would stretch a lot more. I never used to do stretching. Yeah. And that, man, that's... now that I've had time to stretch and I've seen the actual benefits of how much, oh, I feel so much better, but which I want to get to. But that's yeah, the thing. On. I've been doing stretching and I've been doing it, you know, at least five, six mornings a week. And it goes for about 20 minutes, simple yoga. Uh, and I've been doing it, and then I was getting frustrated because I was like, is this genuinely helping? Like, I mean, is you know, my times have been ah. a bit quicker. Is it genuine? And Maya summed it up beautifully. She goes, trust Your me. Your time's been quicker as in running. My running, right? my time's been quicker. Yeah, uh, yeah. But the same, And Maya was saying But what? she goes, but you are, like, even if you don't even notice the slight difference or you don't think there's a difference, mm. there is there is a difference, and the fact that well, you are doing it is better than not doing it. I was like, yeah. That does make yes, sense. Yes, I was going to say that my uh, my guru Adrian would uh, would say. <laughs> so I've been following um, a, a YouTuber called Adrian Mish 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 Mishner. I think is the name. Uh, it started off by a friend of mine, the cafe that I love, League of Honest Coffee. They, uh, the dude who runs it, was telling me that he, you know, was doing some stretching and it's really helpful. I said, "Oh, what have you been doing?" He sends me this video of this this lady. Um, it's a forty minute deep stretch, right? And uh, it was awesome. Like it was, you know, challenging and really got into like, especially my hips and and my psoas. I believe it's psoas. So psoas. So what? So so as yeah, P S O A S. I think. Uh, where, where's that muscle? I think it's the connecting tissue between your abs and your pelvis. So oh. that particular one's a really tough one to stretch, and so all of that has been loosened up. And so once I started doing it, that's why I reckon I've been really been comfortably breaking the twenty-five minute barrier in my. That like, okay? Can I just say life. that is insane? Yeah. Like. Just to get like twenty five minutes under twenty five minutes, that is for like I just got twenty nine zero zero right, and that I felt right. like I was pushing. The idea to then shave off another forty five seconds per kilometer seems insane. Right. right, and I'm I'm with you, man. I'm with you because it's not like it was only a few months ago that for me breaking thirty was. Like comfortable, I seem sorry, not comfortable. Like pushing, because so I thought I was about to get into a fight because there's this guy, right? So I've been running down near the Mary Creek where I live, right? And there's a guy. I call him Green Top Man. Now Green Top Man runs at a pace that is just insane. Now again, I don't know how fast he's doing it, but like I'm running yeah. and I get overtaken a fair bit. I accept that, but he flies past at a pace that one day I was a bit frustrated. I didn't feel like I was keeping my pace. I didn't get, didn't have my right breathing. And he flies past and I just go, oh, fuck you. <laughs> like I was just so angry. And I, and I was just because wow. I was frustrated with my own running because I couldn't find my rhythm. I couldn't. My, my track's quite hilly. Yeah. But at the same time, I was like, oh, come on. And then he turned around. I was like, I just pretended to just look at the birds. <laughs> like, yeah. I was, it's, not like you, it's not like you can outrun him Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this is um this swings me back into uh yoga with adrian which is uh this so this particular stretching thing uh i just decided to see what else she's got and turns out she's got like 7.6 million subscribers Fuck. each video has like over 1 million hits she is huge like people love her and the more i've talked about her since it's like 
turns out it's a whole thing that I'm sure our listeners, uh, uh, there'll be plenty of our listeners who are aware of Adrian and yell out if you're part of the community. Yeah. And here's what I love about Adrian um, is that um, her approach, and I'm, I don't know if this is with every yoga or not because it's the first, my intro into yoga, is about the mere fact that you've shown up on the mat is is the win already yeah yeah yeah. and it's a lot it's a lot about not chasing a goal or forcing a pose say there's a particular pose that you want to you know that she's doing but you're so far away from it it's like yeah that's fine that's where you're meant to be today like yeah. accepting that this is the level that you're meant to be right now is her basic philosophy and not getting frustrated with yeah. yourself that you're not so so one of the ones that I guess I, I, I would love to be able to do is like be able to touch my toes without arching my back. So I can, I, I can, I can keep my back straight. I can arch my back and touch my toes, but I can't do it with a straight back. Yeah. And, you know, you try and maintain that because my hamstrings are so tight. So those are those moments where I'm going, Oh, okay, this is where I'm at. And then what's interesting is through yoga. Cause I've been doing it. So she had a pro, she has a program called uh, a 30 day program called home or something, which is basically work out at home or whatever. And every day you do a, a different session, roughly about 20 to 30 minutes each. And I've been usually starting my day with that. And it's a lot about just accepting this is what you're at today. Yeah. That's fine. You know, and there are days that are poses that I can do better. And then the next day I can't do it. And then I'm okay again the the, ne- the day after. So just learning that your body is in all kinds of sh- shapes and forms. But then also... But the can I just stop you? I had that exact conversation, the, the, but I had that exact conversation where you're up to today with my daughter. That exact, that exact same conversation with Minka. She's like, she does Cosmic Kids Yoga. She goes, Daddy, can you do the three-legged table? And I was like, I can't. And she goes, that's okay. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. And yeah. she's like, you'll, she's like, you'll get there. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, 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 I, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know what I mean? Like, it's just, a, it's, it's that thing of just being able to realize that, you know, your kids will have poses that they can do so easily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you won't be able to. But then there'll be some poses that you have strength in your legs more so than them. So you will be able to do more. Like, it's like... People who've uh, been doing yoga for 10, 20 years have poses that they find challenging yeah. still. But then someone can come to the class on day one and be able to do it because just accepting that we have different body shapes, different body types. Like, that, like, I never thought about this, but if you're a tall, tall person, push-ups are so much harder. Oh. <laughs> like, you've just got such longer hands to push away. And push-ups, that, and, you know, and even push-ups, like push-ups are doing it the right technique way as well. Like, that's... There's one thing about doing push-ups, yeah. and then doing the right technique is like I don't. If I was to do the proper proper technique, I don't think I could actually physically do it. Yeah, you know what I'm loving? I'm able to do a push-up by touching my nose on the ground and then pushing up from there. Whereas I used to just go like uh, yeah, halfway. Yeah. Whereas so now I can go fully deep. So I'm pretty excited. Oh, here's a classic one. I'd love to be able to do. I'd love to be able to squat on the on the floor with my feet flat oh. and just sit on my sit the bum on the ankles like you know kids do. Yeah. Or like just and so so many people within you, and but also keeping and maintaining that straight back thing, you know. So that's a classic example of something that I really would love to achieve one day. But I'm just accepting that this is where I'm at at the moment, yeah. and I can notice that each day that I'm getting better at. So yoga has been such a surprising little benefit to come out yeah. of uh, of of isolation, and it really made me think about these various different things that I'm doing right now that is making me. Uh, happy while I'm having this lockdown because I have extra time. Uh, I'm like, you know, what? How much of those am I going to take into the next uh, into real life? Because obviously, not all of them can stay. 
right? Like yeah. a lot of them will end up leaving. So I don't know which ones they are. Like I did uh, pick up the guitar for those people who've been asking. <laughs> I did. Um, uh, and I the did keyboard? Is the keyboard uh, made oh, an appearance? Not yet. Oh, not yet. Not, not yet. Not yet. Uh, because the guitar, the, the promise was I was not going to pick it up until I cleaned up my bedroom. Uh-huh. And I gave it a full bloody scrub. It was amazing. The amount like, because, you know, I'm vacuuming under the bed, getting, you know, all the shit that I've dumped under the bed to make sure that they're all clean. You know what I mean? Yeah, all that yeah, yeah. seemed like too much to start off with. So I finally did the full cleanup. Start on the guitar. The first thing I, I learned was uh, to play Old MacDonald for my uh, little niece. It's one of her favorite songs. And I wanted to yeah. learn how to play that so I can play it to her. Uh, the juggling, I'm only up to still two balls, but I'll get to the three. Yeah, but the, have um, you tried the, have you what, tried the, the, the hanky thing? Like just the, what's the hanky thing? So if you get like, uh, like even then like, like hankies or small little towels and you throw them and then catch them and then do the action, you can go from that to balls really quickly. Oh, that's that. Oh, really? I, that's but going straight that's to good. balls is tip. really, really hard. I have said that, uh, on a few dates. <laughs> I won't, I won't lie. Uh, going straight to balls is really hard. Um, that's a really great tip, Ben. Hey, I wanted to talk about this uh, uh, because the last time we had a catch-up was a while ago. Uh, you know, we've had a few guests. We've had about three guest episodes, I think, yep. in between. And we did an Instagram before that, Instagram Live one. So we didn't really get a one-on-one. Uh, I really wanted to talk about this because it is um, – I was in a really good headspace before we uh, – we, we did with our last catch up and I'm in probably a better headspace right now. Sometimes I'd argue that I'm in a better headspace now than I was in pre-isolation, yeah. <laughs> like in the real world. Uh, but in between I had a fucking shocker. Yeah. I had a shock in two weeks and, and, and some people did comment that I was in posting stuff on Instagram and it was quite noticeable because I was in such a, a shitty headspace. Uh, the saddest thing about it was I still don't know what happened. Really? <laughs> like I literally I literally went from having a great fucking three weeks of just ticking off box after box and just smashing it and then just woke up one Sunday and I went, I can't. I just cannot. And it was not like that's all that's the end of the sentence, by the way. I cannot. <laughs> it's not I cannot do this, I cannot do that. I just cannot. And I mean, I didn't even want to watch telly. I like it's not even like I wanted to be in bed and, you know, just binge watch TV or do some sort of destructive yeah. behavior. I just wanted it all to stop. It's like, this is going to sound really heavy and I, and I, and I'm aware, but it's, it's the best way to frame it. But bear in mind that I'm good and I'm okay, yeah. but I'll say it in that moment. I didn't want to kill myself, but I also didn't want to live. So it was somewhere in between where I was just like, uh, I just want this to stop. I just don't want to deal with anything right now. I just want to like, just get, everyone get away from me. Pause. I'm done. I don't want it. But I, I knew I didn't want to harm myself. Like I knew that much that I, I knew there was something coming out, but I just didn't want to do anything. And, I, and it was so weird. And as someone who loves uh, self-analysis, as someone who loves myself <laughs> and I love thinking about myself. The fact that I couldn't find those answers was frustrating me even yeah. more. And I think that was my only genuine mistake I made in that entire time was rather than letting that feeling just hit me and letting it be and just letting me do whatever I've wanted to do like a zombie in that moment. 
Instead, I started to judge myself for feeling that way. Yeah. And and that was my mistake. And because I started judging myself for not knowing where it came from, for not knowing how to fix it. Because by the way, in spite of it all, in spite of how I felt, I still didn't break my streak of working out, by the way. I have, I think... But they're pretty... pretty that's sure a pretty full-on... Since, since, since March... Since March 1st, I haven't skipped a single day of working out. So whether it's a run or whether it's a home workout or something or Pilates on the, the Chris Hemsworth app, I've been doing something every day. I haven't missed a single meditation day. I haven't missed a day talking to family and friends. I haven't missed a day doing my graduate gra- gra- gratitude list. So all these things that I told myself that was important to make sure I'm on a good uh, headspace, it still wasn't enough. And it still fucking messed me up. So rather than just accepting it as going, oh, that's that's okay. Your your brain is subconsciously dealing with the fear of a pandemic and the fear of death, and it's in overdrive. Uh, the mere fact that the fight or flight part of your brain is constantly working right now because it's in the caveman mode of trying to protect you from dying. So even though rational deal can be like, no, I'm staying safe. I'm in my apartment. I've got you know hand sanitizer, whatever I need. I'm I'm taking all the precautions. I'm fine that fight or flight caveman brain is going fucking crazy. So of mm. course I'm getting drained of energy even if I don't realize it. That's why I saw this really fascinating uh, idea about why creativity is is difficult at the moment is because you're still using a lot of brain power dealing with the fear of death. Even if you're not thinking about it, it is still happening in the back of your mind because every news uh, report, every yep. Instagram post, every meme is around the coronavirus. So to just... Be kind to yourself and let yourself feel that way yeah. is so vital. And so that's, I would say that's genuinely the only mistake I made. Everything else I did correctly. And my therapist said something really fascinating about uh, my love of uh, binge eating as a source of comfort and how after a few days, that was something I just kept doing. I was like, fuck it. I'm still exercising. I'm still going for my runs. And when I say I'm going for a run, I would run for like 500 meters, lose my motivation, walk for like, 200 meters then start jogging again for like another 500 and then walk so i was back to that level of like unable to run you know it was because my body is clearly it's the fittest it's ever been you know i'm like 88 kilos i'm my straw i'm stronger but i just didn't have the mental strength to move so the fact that i was even able to run for a little bit then walk and still do five kilometers overall or whatever was you know things that I was still making sure I was ticking off. But then afterwards, I'd come home and like, fuck it, I'm eating heaps of ice cream now, I don't care. And my therapist said something really fascinating, which was that she goes, yeah, the reason coping mechanisms exist in your life is because they work. (laughs) There wouldn't be be things that you go to if they didn't give you that instant comfort in that moment. So in that moment, I put gelato in my mouth, I do feel good. And that's why I keep going back to it. Now, as she said, you know, if you were doing that every day for 30 days, then maybe we have to have longer chats. But she's like, if you need to do that one day or two days or one, whatever, just that's fine, man, because you are, you know, we're we're all dealing with some fucking heavy shit right now. So the way I looked at it is that it's this thing. if, If life was the type of game that we're playing, that there were certain rules to this game that i learned to play with and i got better at playing it you know in terms of exercise and meditation and finding a career and love and speaking to family and all those things but all of a sudden with the pandemic the rules change but you had to keep playing 
and you keep playing, still trying to to play this game, but the rules keep constantly changing on you. So you're adapting to a new rule, and then suddenly another new rule comes in, and then you're trying to adapt to that, and then that changes. So that constant changing of it makes this game pretty hard at the moment. So it's okay to just allow yourself to feel like shit. You know, yeah. it's okay to not judge yourself for it. I was explaining it to mom, and I said I, I use I was like, it's like when you are in a heated room like say if the if the sun was out in your and it's a really hot day you start sweating you get you know you get annoyed at the sun or get annoyed at the heat but you don't get angry at your body for the fact that you're sweating yeah you don't go fucking stupid body i can't believe the body is sweating you go no no there's an external force called the sun that's fucking you making you really hot right now and you're like oh yeah fair enough but i didn't do and that's the exact same thing that's happening with this there's an external force of this pandemic that's in our in our life that's causing me to feel sad but rather than getting annoyed at the pandemic i'm like oh fucking stupid body and brain getting all upset what the fuck's wrong with you i thought i was better than this and i'm like no this is all shit like no man this is just your body's reaction to a fucking huge huge issue so just just chill it's, it, i should have gone back to that voice from two years ago which is like hey 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 hey, hey, hey just chill brother chill and i found motivation in one of the strangest strangest places to to pull myself out of it which is uh, from frozen 2 disney's frozen 2 the film i <laughs> right? will never let my daughter watch <laughs> why no 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 it just, frozen 2 for, for, frozen's good no, it is good for girl power. but for for people who have young, young girls world. people who have young girls start with moana and then uh, work if you can avoid because the songs are just repeated on play for Oh, Endless. No. Let it go, let the it boys. go. And Can't hold me back anymore. And that, and that song let it go, is the worst. Let it go. Moama is heaps better. I feel like Moama is such a better. This is peaking. You want me to sing more? Just you so you know, we well, probably won't be it. able to use any of this because you are peaking. Take like the So that's more. Yeah, that is good. No, listen. I've Frozen been two. <laughs> waiting at the edge of the water. Never really, really. Uh, there we go. Yeah, in water. I, Gotta come back to the water. I wish I can be the perfect daughter. daughter. <laughs> every step I take, every <laughs> yes, track ben, I let's make, do every move I make. Every move I make. Yes, sing it, Ben. Very good. It's a, it's a good song about uh, comedy as well. A, you know, every time I try to go back to my real job, it's like the the ocean, which is comedy, keeps calling me back. But okay, Frozen 2. This is a genuine, this is a true um, thing that helped me. Uh, there's a song in there called The Next Right Thing, which is basically this point where, without giving the plot away, uh, the person, the the singer is at a loss. They're, they're completely broken and there's nothing they can, they're just so overwhelmed at the task ahead of them. But she realizes that she can just take the next step. All she needs to do is just take that immediate step. And she just says, oh, I can do that. So I can, I'll go, I'll just focus on doing that next step. And then she gets there and then focuses on the step after that. And it literally is really good advice because people think when they're feeling zero, they need to get from zero to 10 straight away. But instead, bringing it back to scaling it down to how do I get from zero to one? Yeah. And this was in this book that I saw called Useful Beliefs can't remember the author's name but a listener actually got me onto it uh yeah and he talks about the very same thing is because we are constantly chasing that idea of what we want to become at the end at number 10 and we're getting frustrated because we're not 
there yet. Instead, let's just focus on getting from zero to 100. No, no that's the thing. Because what you do, like what you do, and this is why I have, I've been blown away about how disciplined you've been and how you've just focused on staying physically fit to then complement your mental fitness, to be able to come out and feel better than you've done the week before that. Like the systems you have in place are that you're working on a level that like, do you know what I mean? Like you're at a level that mm. I can't even comprehend because if the, if the position was office and I was by myself in your apartment, I'll tell you that I would be drinking heavily. I would be smoking <laughs> so much ganja. I would never even come close to the discipline you'd have. Never. That's where I was like, "Wow, right? What is that and like?" This, and this is why, and this is why I wanted to make sure I shared with the listeners that there was a pocket in our between between our one on one catch ups where it didn't, it wasn't happening. Yeah. Like I, I, I was. I was showing up to the record because we'd committed to having guests on and stuff like that. And I tried my best to sound entertaining and, and, you know, still be a professional. But I was keen to let people know that, that I had two weeks of, of like really, really bad way. And like, you know, like I said, it's, it's quite, you can see it in my, my, I'm, I'm someone who posts something on Instagram almost daily, maybe multiple times. And, and there was two weeks where you didn't really hear from me, but I, I made sure I spoke to family and things like that. But I just, you know, I, I, I struggle. And I think for me, the not drinking has been a really tough one because as you correctly identified is like, yeah, it's just easy for me to, to break those rules. And, and, and I've never wanted to break it more so than these days, especially during those two weeks. You especially know? on your own. So, yeah, that's what I mean. And I, it's, a, it's a really strange one. I'm not sure if I mentioned this on the pod, but there's a weird sense of power that I'm getting from having the cabinet liquor cabinet like right there yeah, so like much. literally as I'm pointing it's I can get myself a bottle of wine right now and open it in less than 10 seconds and scull it in about five I reckon still I got skills but uh but I but the fact that I'm not doing it somehow makes me feel more confident about sobriety whereas if I had given it away if I had given the booze away to like friends or whatever like I thought about doing I think I would feel more fear of it because I know that one of the reasons why I'm not going to it is because of, you know, physical difficulty to get it. Whereas now that's not even a barrier. And if I did it, no one would need to know. I know. Like I could get drunk tonight and no one would need to know. Forget booze. Like it's so tempting for me to just sit on the couch and just binge watch TV shows or, or, or buy a video, you know, game console and just play video games. So that was my original addiction that I had to get rid of when I was in, in my teenagers or in my late tw early 20s. But I was talking to a friend of mine who was struggling with his weight and boozing and stuff like that. And we we're discussing and he said something really remarkable to me. We're talking about those before shots that people take, <laughs> you know, your before shot and after shot. And, and, he made me realize that I look at that before shot of myself. Which, by the way, there are like multiple in my phone. There are multiple <laughs> times I took the before shot going, this is it, folks. This is the last I look like this. And then all of a sudden it fucking gets worse in 2016 and then goes up again in 2016. Like, it's, it's well, crazy. Well, right? a friend of ours, Dan, who runs the Comics Lounge, he has about 100 of, of them, of both you and me. Yeah. And it's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty confronting. <laughs> 
can I? So then, before I finish off what he told me, my friend told me that I found helpful. Can I ask you how do you feel when you see those before shots of you when you're big? Look, say at the start of 2018. So at the start of 2018, when we started this whole thing, how do you feel when you see that? Oh, uh, I, I see a man who couldn't make any decisions. Right. So this is totally where I was about to head to because I'm the same. I look at that version of me with kind of sadness going oh look at that fuck like can't believe i let it get to that yeah. etc which is you know the the narrative i would say to myself over and over again but my friend pointed out a better truth which is that that photo that before guy the guy in the before shot he is the dude who actually took all those decisions he is the guy that decided to go for a walk when there was 35 kilos on him the guy who is operating now is someone who has the confidence of knowing that it works, has the confidence that he's lighter so it's easier to run, and has the confidence of knowing that the endorphins will kick in at the end of the run. Whereas the before shot guy doesn't know that. He had to have faith in himself and his own ability to push himself down a track that he doesn't know how this is going to end. And I realized, oh man, he's the champion. Like, that's the dude who wins. Not the aftershot. The aftershot guy has all the benefits of, you know, hindsight and knowledge. But it's the before shot dude who is the strongest in those two individuals. Because he's the one who had to go, fuck, yeah. I have had enough. I, I'm, I'm tired of hating myself. And, and I've never been kind to that guy. Yeah. And I'm actually tearing up just thinking of how unkind I am to those photos of me. But no, that's the guy. He's the guy who said, fuck it, I'm done with booze. I'm done with feeling like shit. And I don't know if this is going to help, but I'm going to go for a walk. And I'm going to, you know, do uh, uh, no carbs for six days and binge it on a seven day. I don't know if this is going to work, but I'm going to have a crack. Man, how strong is that guy? And he's doing it with 35 kilos on his back as he's walking that's right. like that's a fucking unit yeah, that's, that guy should be celebrated you know I mean? that guy should be celebrated that guy he's the champ <laughs> he's the true cheat day champion not the guy who wins later because the guy who wins later had momentum on his back that is do you know how I love hard that. it is to i really to, really like that right i really it's like that such a such a huge huge shift of perspective <laughs> for me it's a great way and of I looking at them to, Right. And it, it really blew my mind because I reckon, you know, I've been doing before shots since the age of fucking 15, I reckon. I'm, 30, I'm, 30, I'm 35 now. I'm 35 now. And there's 20 years of before shots that I shame those guys. And I feel so I've got bad. some hot before shots. Like was, I've got some hot shots of when I'm 20. I'm like, whoa, there's some sweet before shots. And then it, it just... <laughs> now, the, the, skinny, the skinny 20 guy is the guy who yeah, fucked yeah, up and yeah, let you... Yeah, <laughs> let yeah you I can get angry at that guy. He's the one who drank. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> I can get pissed off at that guy. Fucking yeah, learn how to make he, a decision. That guy had... Compulsion. You've got an addiction yeah, problem. And, right. That twenty, yeah, correct. That twenty-year-old guy had fucking metabolism on his side. Like we don't even have that. You know what I mean? We're doing all of what we're doing with so many biological uh, restrictions as well. So, look, just evidence-based. Just only looking at the evidence, which is that three, four years ago, the the Dilruk and Ben that were around in a pandemic would not alive be ticking off these boxes. <laughs> 
<laughs> would probably not be ticking off the boxes that we tick off We'd be on in a, a box. daily basis. Whether even it would be in a box with a goon bag box. The pun. The box I did a pun. I did a pun. Clap it out. It's first pun. Um, let's let's not do plugs. Let's just uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, do you want to do a plug still? I mean, all right, fuck it, let's do oh. plugs. Patreon, Patreon. Uh, go check it out. Ben Lomas comic, uh, Diru J. Uh, my Amazon special is still out there uh, on Amazon. Bundle and you've probably noticed. You, you guys have been lovely. You've probably noticed that I actually have posted something. I'm okay. I'll make sure I won't post much anymore. <laughs> I love it because when you don't post, it was like, oh, you're not feeling great. And if I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. If you yeah, shit, correct. is he okay? You're like, is yeah, he, he's fine. He? Man, you know, it was quite interesting to realize people. Who, you know, they, I think the first first message back was something about food. I might have posted, I think, and people in the comments on like saying, "Oh, you know, hope you're okay. You've been quiet for a while." It's like I didn't realize how much other people would actually notice if I just took some, <laughs> you know. Took a had a bit of a breather, but I got quite a few DMs as well saying, "Are you all right? <laughs> we haven't seen a dumb, you know, a dumb story in a while." And uh, yeah, I was just yeah, I just needed some time off, and I'm glad I had it, and I'm glad I learned the big lesson was just fucking yeah, man, it's hard. It's honestly that's the big lesson is it's hard and it's okay to feel yeah, sad. Yeah, hundred percent. It's you okay know. if you're struggling and. And that's that's where we are. And uh, and uh, yeah, if you if you want to uh, sponsor the show, uh, uh, please do. If not, we just love it that you listen. And if you can't, you know, leave a leave an iTunes review. They always help, and it and that picks us up on the ranks. We've been in the top one hundred a couple of times recently, which has just been really nice. And um, oh, so, really? so when was, when was that? When did we spike up to number <laughs> two behind Joe yeah. Rogan? What was okay. that? Was that the Freddie Flintoff yeah, one? Yeah, I think it was the Freddie Flintoff one. We just pff, went through the yeah, roof yeah. and then it was next yeah, to Rogan. just Joe Rogan fucking took us. Yeah, bloody hell. We, yeah, I was pretty so, proud of that. All right, folks. Thank you so much for listening. You guys are wonderful. See you next week, people. All right, Bye. Soon, bye.